You are now tuned in to the Financial Advisors Playbook, sponsored by Carson Group. Through coaching and guidance, we make the complex simple for advisors who are in the trenches today. Each episode, we'll cover a new topic which focuses on the future of our profession and the ways in which you can achieve growth with balance. Welcome to our latest episode of the Financial Advisors Playbook. I'm your host, Katie Worth. And I'm Mina Burns, Katie Worth's co-host. Right. Do you like being my co-host? I do. You're my friend, so I can't tell you otherwise. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I'm actually excited for this episode because we're getting away from marketing, which has been really our focus on the past episodes here. And we're going to, I would say, the number one topic for advisors right now is our technology. Right. Advisors are hungry for a technology solution that's focused on their client's experience got to make the client happy so this is something that is such a hot topic in our profession and we're really excited to dive deep today yeah and I would say that hunger was never was more present than ever on we recently did a webinar Ron Carson hosted why he left LPL Uh, you can find actually the recording of that webinar on our website carsongroup.com but we had over 900 people register, all financial advisors in the industry who wanted to hear not only why he left, but also what is the technology he's using that he couldn't uh, integrate or develop while with LPL. So uh, we're excited. I'll let you introduce our guest today, Mina. I'm so excited about our guest for the podcast. Um, Joining us today is Andrew Rogers. I want to share a story of how Andrew came to the firm because mm-hmm. I like to take a little bit of credit for the genius that we have with us today. Or blame. <laughs> Either one. Um, so Andrew, um, he actually started off as our marketing intern. When um, we were building Carson Group, back then it was Carson Institutional Advisory. Um, when we were building that and, and all the marketing support that advisors could expect from the team, it was myself. And when we added a second person to the marketing team, um, we, we posted for an intern. I interviewed Andrew, and I swear I was interviewing um, the next Aaron Shaven, who is the executive VP of Carson Group. Um, they just re- his his motivation, his drive, his intelligence. I mean, I was so excited about the opportunity to work with Andrew. And when he was my intern, I was very impressed by him. There was no project too big or too small for Andrew. It didn't matter what it was. He had such a positive attitude t- attitude about tackling it. And I joked with everyone, if you know, if it was a long day and people wanted to get coffee, they'd say, can we send the intern? And I said, absolutely not, because someday we'll all be working for him. <laughs> so he graduated, was it last, last May or two years ago? Two years. two years ago, he graduated from Creighton University here in Omaha. And we were all hopeful he would stick around, even though he's from Sacramento, California. And sure enough, he decided to join the team full time. Your title is Strategic Operations Associate, right? Opportunities Opportunities Associate. Um, Nobody quite knows what that means, but we basically consider him as a jack of all trades. I still try and lure him in back to the marketing team, but Andrew has been instrumental in building out our technology initiative for Carson Group. Yeah, and and thanks, Mina. And um, I always joke that if Mina followed me around and introduced me to all the new people I meet, I'd have a lot more friends than I actually do. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's because I spend so much time with you guys here and and building 
um, the great team and, and technology platform that we built. We're basically besties now, right? We are basically be besties. But do I beat out Paul West for your number one bestie? Oh, that's a close one. Paul West is my best friend, but All right. so are you, Andrew. Okay, he can be best friend and I'll be bestie. Yeah, bestie. Best? There we go. Perfect. Um, but no, and, and, and I've loved to see the evolution of the team and, and what we've built over the last four and a half, almost five years now. But I think from a technology standpoint, my role is really to spend time with our clients and advisors and understand what they really want to get out of our technology and then help translate that back to a team of developers who are ultimately going to execute on it. And so I spend a lot of time with the tech team, with the marketing team, with operation, just understanding the different pieces of the business and how they all need to work together into a truly integrated technology. Um, and as Mina said, any other projects as assigned that I get. Such as radio show? Yep. You so host I, a radio show I also produce and, and um, help with our, our radio show, Wealth from Wisdom Radio. Um, in addition to that, I spend a lot of time with the business development team and helping advisors understand how, how we can partner together. So. Well, let's focus on the technology that you've been helping build out. Uh, I love the fact that we say that it's built by clients for clients. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that research that you went into, what kind of questions you were asking our clients, and how you uh, developed what we're rolling out right now. Yeah, so I think it, it all starts with whether it's an advisory council or talking to clients, whether it's in client meetings, client reviews, whenever it is, whenever you have the opportunity to get feedback from clients, and ask them what are ways that we can improve developer change, the same thing that we ask advisors, it, it helps us come up with ideas and better ways to utilize technology. So it starts by asking the question and being open to the responses. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we get, especially in the independent space, is that we, we have a couple options when it comes to choosing technology platforms. So you can go with kind of the broker-dealer model. The broker-dealer model will not charge you anything except for the override that they're taking from you and they'll work on integrations and technology and they'll roll it out and they'll have six months of focus group, six months of trying to execute, six months of rolling it out and you're 18 months behind your competition. You can go out and you can try and buy some miscellaneous pieces and spend a couple thousand bucks on different technology pieces but you're gonna end up spending six months using one and then it's not gonna work with another system so you're gonna trash it and move on to the next one. Um, you can try to integrate it and build kind of a brittle and, and broken system, if you will, where, where things sometimes are working, sometimes they're not, but you have that one key person in your office that's keeping everything running 24-7, 365, and, and if they go on vacation, Lord knows what's going to happen to the system. Um, or you can really try to build a truly integrated technology platform. And so when we talked to our clients, what they were looking for was the ability to bring all of their their information into one spot where they don't have to go to multiple custodians, they don't have to go to multiple different systems and remember usernames and passwords and things like that. And that, I think that was the number one pain point that we heard from clients was just having to remember five, six, seven different logins to get the most pertinent information. We're all used to using mint.com, personal capital, uh, you need a budget, whatever system you're using, you know, you spend 20 minutes linking all your accounts and boom, you've got your budget done. And it's, it's incredibly efficient and easy to use. So we set out with the goal of trying to build a technology platform that integrated all of those systems. It, it, it pulled in the, the reporting and the performance data, it pulled in custodian information, financial planning information into a client dashboard. And then from there, if we build that base, now comes the really exciting stuff, right? Now becomes the, the enhancements we can make to the technology, the things that really differentiate uh, the, the tech platform from others in the market 
but you you've got all these great vendors out there that solve a piece of the puzzle but no one's putting it all together and so we don't try to recreate what's already out on the market we just try to make the most of what's out there and so when you look at Fidelity spending three billion a year on technology and TD Ameritrade spending hundreds of millions and brokers dealers spending hundreds of millions of dollars on all of this technology where we really try to sit is, is spend the capital and the human capital necessary to make all the systems work together. So whether it's a client, an advisor, or someone sitting in an operations seat, it, everything is single data entry, multi-data use. If you put information in once, you should never have to touch it again. It's like your date of birth, your social security number, never gonna change. So that's really where we center around the client experience and getting that feedback from, from our, our, our clients because that's what they're asking for. They want that integrated experience and then it's our job to, to deliver on that for them. So this is a true integration where we're actually exchanging data with different platforms where I think the misconception in the uh, industry is that a single sign-on is integration. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I, I think I've met with probably coming up on a thousand te different technology vendors at this point and almost every single one of them, yeah, we integrate with that, yeah, we integrate with that, we'll integrate with whatever. What they won't tell you is that integration to them either means a single sign-on or a nightly data dump or a spreadsheet that you can download on Fridays or whatever it is. And, and, and that's not true integration. True integration has got to be the, the passing of data through APIs on a, an as-needed basis. And so in layman's terms, for, for people listening, I know API is a term thrown around all the time. In layman's terms, it's simply what allows two technology systems to pass data back and forth. It allows me to, to ask you for something and you to pass me back a data set. And so that's really what um, an API is. And so when we think about true integrations, it's that passing of data back and forth in real time or as quickly as possible to get that data moving between systems and not having to duplicate data entry, duplicate effort and things like that on, on your team or a client's spot. And I think integrations, I, I love that. Every time I have a technology vendor say, oh yeah, we integrate. My next question is always, how do you integrate? And then they'll, they'll go through down this. And if, if they don't say real-time passing of data or an API uh, connectivity platform, I just say it's not worth having the conversation because if it's not real-time, let's just not, let's not keep talking. I've experienced that as well, Andrew, when it comes to looking at tools that we can integrate onto our website. So we've worked with vendors that they might have really cool calculator tools or things like that that you can put on your client-facing website. And I'll ask them the same question, do you integrate? Well, what they actually do is they have a little code that you can embed on the website and you click it. It's basically a pipeline. So you click it, it opens a new tab and it mm -hmm. takes you to their system. Absolutely. So you're still asking the user to read your trusted website it's the brand that they know, they recognize, go to a third party that they're not familiar with to you know, go and put all their data into. So that firm is capturing the data as well as you know, us as advisors. Mm -hmm. you know? So um, that's just one thing to keep in mind when you're looking at technology providers. Hyperlink or an embed code is a lot different than a full integration. Uh, ask about API endpoints. If they, if they get a, a glossy look in their face and they're in their eyes when you ask what about what data they have available through API endpoints, then time to hang up the phone or move on to the next conversation. Because if they're not telling you what data is available through those endpoints, it's time to move on. That's such great advice. And so let's actually try and help our listeners paint a picture 
in their mind of how this interaction would work. And of course, you guys can go to our website, carsongroup.com, to see a full demo of the very first interaction a potential client would have with our website and then what it means to be a client. But again, if you could just um, try and give them a visual as much as sure. possible here. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, if, if you go out to any one of our partner sites or you go out to any of, of our websites, it, it really starts with the prospect to client experience, right? And, and what, what the reason we started with the prospect to client experience is because it's the most defined workflow, right? When you think about onboarding a prospective client, there's certain stakes in the ground that you have to get to, right? There's certain pieces in that onboarding process that have to be done, whether it be for compliance, whether it be for custodian paperwork or whatever reason it needs to get done, there's pieces that need to get done in the onboarding process. So for, for our advisors and for our partners, it really starts by clients going out and taking a risk tolerance questionnaire, going through a client onboarding survey. And really this started with Mina and I uh, getting tasked with having to digitize the confidential profile. Right. And I think that that, ended up that document, we were getting so, many, so much feedback from advisors and clients. The advisors would send, gosh, maybe a 10 page confidential profile mm -hmm. out to, to a prospect they need to capture that data in order to be able to essentially generate paperwork and open accounts for these folks. Well, the clients would say, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it. Even when I was going through the planning process with an advisor at Carson Wealth, I never did the confidential profile because I was like, this is such a beast to complete. Yeah. So we were hearing from advisors that it was a, a gap between them being able to convert prospects into clients because of the amount of data we were trying to collect. Absolutely. And so when we think about that client survey, that onboarding process, it's really just gathering the basic amount of information we need from a client to move forward without overwhelming them with the number of questions. You know, there's a lot of studies out there. It's kind of seven to 15 questions at a time is the most that somebody's really to, willing to fill out in a single point in time. So if we need to ask more questions than that, we need to give them the ability to sign out and sign back in and complete it and really complete it on their time, right? You can do it drinking a beer watching a football game on a Saturday or Sunday or you can do it drinking a glass of wine on Monday night watching The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I don't know what night it's on, but yeah, am I right? No. That sounded pretty accurate. Was it? <laughs> All right. Um, so I did get that one right. Um, but so no matter how, where they want to complete it or how they want to complete it, really meeting clients where they are and, and giving them the flexibility to do that and then getting that data into the CRM real time. Right. I mean, what I what my goal for advisors and, and our team's goal for advisors are is that you can get a lead while they're still on your website. I mean, think about how awesome it would be to have a lead still on your website, reading content about you or engaging in your client onboarding process and a lead sitting there in your CRM. You pick up the phone, you call them. They're still there. And I've sat in Paul's office while he's done that. And it's, it's a really cool thing to see for advisors to be able to do that and collect that data on a, on a prospective client. And then to go and take that information, put it into a risk management system, a uh, risk management tool, understand risk tolerance for the client when they went through the risk tolerance questionnaire, and now relate it to their current portfolios as well as the portfolios we're gonna recommend. And then ultimately culminating in the generation of, of client paperwork. And so when we get to that client paperwork piece, it goes back to all the data that the client put in on the front end. You know, They put in their date of birth, they put in their address, they put in their kids' names, their beneficiary name, all of that information in a secure site. So then when we go to generate paperwork, it's a few clicks of a button and it's pre-populating with all that stuff, cutting down on NIGOs, fat fingering numbers. I know I'm guilty of that. The 11, or the one and the, the two are awfully close to each other on the keyboard and, and those are obviously two different numbers. So um, I think from a prospect to client experience, it's really digitizing it and making it simple for both the client and the advisor. 
Um, but then, you know, clients aren't prospects forever. They become clients. And then there's all these t tasks and things that we have to do with a client while they're an existing client. And you know, your client needs cash needs or uh, cashiering needs, or they need to make trades, or they need to move money, or they need to uh, update estate documents, they need to update their beneficiaries, all that kind of stuff. So building in workflows into the back office system to allow for a few clicks of a button, allow an advisor to execute these tasks that happen on a daily or weekly basis for clients. Um, and then finally, everything culminates again with the annual review. You know, it's another stake in the ground, like we talked about with the prospect to client experience, where you know if, if you are a fiduciary and you are an advisor who's really doing what's in the best interest of the clients, you're gonna meet with them at minimum once a year. So how do we digitize the annual review process and get the clients to give input on what they wanna talk about as well as the advisor to be able to tell the client what they wanna talk about. And then flow through a, a goals-based planning review of their financial life and tying in, okay, what are your priorities? What are your goals? What are your, um, the things you wanna discuss today and how those relate to your, to your finances, right? Which is what we do every single day. And then I think the biggest piece that we've seen in this client review that we've rolled out over um, the last several months is this idea of the value of relationship. And this comes directly from one of our partners, Michael David, down in uh, Texas. And he said, I, I, I want a way to show my clients all the things that we've accomplished together and the things we've done together that never show up in a performance report and are never gonna show up in an account statement. And so we came up with this idea of value of relationship. And so it's, it's exactly that. It's the ability for the client and the advisor or the client and the advisor together to be able to put on a timeline all of those things that you've accomplished. So when that conversation inevitably comes up, because it always does come up, that the market's up 20%, my portfolio's only up 15, what's wrong, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor? You go back to, remember when we helped you with the structure of the sale of your family business? Remember when we ran the Social Security Analyzer and decided to defer two years? Remember when we set up your estate planning documents, when we structured your will, when we did all these different things, when you set up a 529 account to send your granddaughter to college? All of these things that are never gonna show up in statements, and they're here on a timeline for us to look at together. Um, and then ultimately my, my, my personal favorite, I think our operations team's favorite, and a lot of your op staff as advisors' favorite piece of the annual review is the ability to take notes right in the annual review in the technology, because then when you get to the end, uh, I know a lot of advisors have that yellow pad of paper that sits in front of you that you scribble a bunch of notes on and then rip into six different pieces and hand to four different members of your team to go follow up on. And then they always come back to you and say, Paul, I can't read this, or Paul, I can't read that. Now it's all in the system, utilizing the technology that pushes straight back to the CRM. Tasks go out to the, to the different members of the team. They even go out to your clients. All these things are tracked and you can track them and know where they are. So you as the advisor or the business owner get to kind of remove yourself from the minutia of the day-to-day -day processes that have to go, that have to work for your clients to continue to be served and go out and do what you truly love, which is working with clients or prospecting for new clients. Spend time truly what you doing what you love rather than worrying about did did the ACH get updated from fifteen hundred dollars a month to two thousand dollars a month. And going back to integration, Andrew, um, you know the advisors system that they're using is the CRM Salesforce. Yeah. And what's so cool about it is they're working in the system that they use every single day, but because it integrates with client dashboard, the client can see the status of all of those items mm -hmm. that were action items for the advisor. Also, if there's action items for the client, the client can see those tasks in the dashboard 
And so they know that there's something that their advisor is waiting on from them. Once it's complete, it's you know crossed off the list. And so everyone just has accountability and transparency, which is just awesome. Yeah, it, it's really a, a cool platform to be a part of building out and, and really getting that feedback from advisors. Some of the really exciting stuff that we're working on right now, the, the new things is pulling in held away outside accounts, allowing to the client to log in with their username and password to accounts that they won't, might not have with their advisor, letting the advisor be able to, to see that information and, and factor it into a financial plan but also factor it into their prospecting for additional assets with an individual client. You know, it's, it's pulling in that goals-based planning into the conversation, every single conversation they have with the client. And you know, it's, it, we get really excited when, or I get really excited about this and our, our team gets really excited about it when talking about the technology of where we're going. It's, it's amazing how fast technology is changing and, and I don't pretend to know what six months, much less six years from now is gonna look like um, the technology in this space, but the way we've built our platform has really allowed us to plug and play in a matter of weeks or months with different vendors rather than having to wait for other teams to be ready for us. We're picking and choosing our partners specifically because of the way we can integrate with them. And that's important because I think it's, it's for anyone who wants to be on the forefront of technology or someone who's trying to adopt new technology, whether it's something on your website or similar to a client dashboard type experience, it's important to know that a technology initiative is not a one-time project, set it and forget it and you're done, including your website. It is something that requires continual maintenance, continual updating, otherwise two years down the road, it's stale. It's no longer relevant. There's something fresh, new, more modern out there. So with technology, it should be a rolling initiative that never stops. Now, Andrew, I have two questions for you. Go for it. First one, um, with the technology initiative, we first launched a beta test to get the feedback yep. that you referenced. Do you mind explaining to the folks listening what a beta test is? Because I think that's something most people might not be familiar with. Yeah, so with our beta test, we identified our partners that were using our technology stack um, the most right now and the people that are most involved in, in that utilize the technology every single day. And so we, we identified them as a, as a good group to test any new technology, right? Because they get our systems, they use our systems every single day and are the most efficient in our systems today. So when we identified those partners, we, we reached out to them and said, would you be willing to test new technology and give us feedback before we roll it out to the whole group? Because as we all know, technology, and I, I touched on this earlier, is an iterative process. It, things change on a on a daily or weekly basis, right? So we, we have to be able to adapt and, and, ch- and change to the landscape that's in front of us. And so um, in the focus group or, or beta group that we've set up, um, it's really rolling out pieces of technology on a, on a bi-weekly or monthly basis for them to give a little bit of feedback on, all right, what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? What interactions are we doing well? What are we not doing well? What do we need to improve on? And we can do that in bite-sized chunks so that then the feedback we get back, we can go work on immediately and then advisors can see the results of that immediately. Right? So we're not talking about, here's a brand new tech platform that's gonna have 300,000 different tasks that you can do within it. Go test everything, give us feedback on everything, and then we'll try to fix it, what doesn't work. It's, all right, here's a piece of our technology and here's three or four things very specifically that I want you to go test and I want you to go experience. Give me feedback on that. We'll take that, the one or two things that need to be fixed or tweaked, we'll fix it, roll it out to everyone, boom, we're done. 
now we move on to the next three or four things that we're going to work on beta test roll it out to everybody move on and so it, it can be really iterative and, and that feedback is so important because I'm not an advisor our team of our tech team are not advisors we're not some of us are clients of the firm but but really we don't sit in your shoes every single day so getting that on the on the ground boots on the ground feedback from advisors is key to making sure that our technology is integrated and adopted by our partners and ultimately by their end clients. And so the second part to my question is, during the beta test, I know we presented the technology to our focus group of advisors as well as advisory council clients. Mm -hmm. What were some of the specific tips or you know feedback that you got there? Yeah, so the biggest thing um, that came from, I'll start with the advisory council, but advisors also gave this feedback was we need to eliminate the number of systems we have to sign into, right? Our, our systems today, there's five logins, right? I'll be, there was. Um, you know, we logged in, to, you could log into the custodians directly, so Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, you can log into the broker-dealer, you can log into our client experience optimizer portal, or you can log into our wealth management portal, right? So we had five, and so we said we need to eliminate as many of these as we can, and, and a little bit we're beholden on those partners and when they're gonna provide single sign-on capabilities into their portals. Um, but so in, in rolling this out, the focus was let's go from five to four to three to two to one and map that out and show that progress to a client. So that's a much easier conversation to have with clients that, we're, that we are narrowing that focus. And the second thing is they don't want or need the detail, in the weeds, detail information in their face every single day. They want to know that they have access to it when they need it. They want to know that they can have access to their tax documentation. If you want to know how a specific security performed on a specific day at a specific time in a specific strategy, they're great partners for that. But that's not what a client cares about every single day. They care about their ability to meet their goals. They care about their ability to retire. They care about their ability to, to care for and protect their family. They care about their ability to go on vacation. They care about their ability to to buy the second home or not. That's to live in retirement. To live in retirement. So more goals-based planning instead of focusing exactly. highly on performance and the, the getting into the weeds there. Yeah, so that was those were the, the three biggest things that we got from uh, our partners and our advisory council. What great insight to you know test the product, get the feedback from the folks in the trenches, the ones who will be using it, and then make adjustments so that it's, it's something that they love. Yeah. Now, Katie, I know we've gotten a question from an advisor today. Yeah, our advisor spotlight is from Pat B. from Boston, Massachusetts. He said he has about $75 million in, in assets, and he's really starting to look at different technology platforms. So his question to us, what uh, technology platforms are we using right now? Um, how does he know uh, what to go with, what's best out there, and what's most affordable, really? So he says that he's getting calls on a weekly basis from different vendors, and he's just overwhelmed. Yeah, and I think it is overwhelming. Uh, I've talked to a lot of advisors who feel like technology vendors have become the wholesalers of old. You know, you used to get mutual fund wholesalers calling on you on a, or annuity wholesalers calling you on a weekly or daily basis. Now it's a tech vendor, and they've all got a product, and they've all got something that they want you to, to be using in your office. Um, so I would say start with identifying where your needs are. So look at your business and look at ways that you could better utilize technology to streamline your practice. Then look at the, the universe of technology platforms out there that can do that. So, for instance, um, let's talk about CRM for a second. Every advisor needs a CRM system, and there's some great CRMs out there. 
Um, you, know, you can use Redtail, you can use Juncture. Um, we use the Salesforce platform, and so everything is built off of Salesforce. And the reason we chose Salesforce was simply back to the I word of integration. And Salesforce is great, but I also know a lot of advisors have spent a lot of time with Salesforce and gotten really frustrated with it. Because the challenge is, is you need somebody on your team or with one of your partners that's a true Salesforce expert that understands how to make those integrations work. And if you know, you're know a $75 million office and maybe two or three key stakeholders on your team, unless one of those people is gonna be able to own that system and become a Salesforce expert, you're gonna end up spending a lot of money with consultants to try and make your CRM work. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's where I would say looking for a strategic partner to work with who has a seat at the table, who has a team that's dedicated to, to understanding how those systems work is, is a better option for, for an advisor in those shoes. Um, so after you move from CRM, kind of the next uh, most logical place in my mind to move is to billing and reporting. Um, and, and performance aggregation. And so for that, we use Orion. There's a couple other platforms out there that do things similar um, to Orion. The reason we like Orion is because they integ their integration back to Salesforce, those systems talk really well together. They're also based here in Omaha. So we've had the advantage of bringing on a lot of uh, Orion stakeholders to our team that are really Orion experts and understand how to make the most out of that data. And then it, it's really, they're the best in class when it comes to billing and reporting. And they really do what they do better than anybody else. In, in my per, my personal opinion, um, and so it's those integrations. And so once you go from there, then you get into document storage. So we use Ignite. I know people use Box.com, things like that. Ignite integrates again well into to Salesforce, but it all gets back to that key of integrations. And do you have the team member or the person on your team to really execute on that and, and do it well? And do you really have a seat at the table with your technology partners? I mean, Mina talked about this a little bit earlier, but we need to be, as, as advisors, we need to be in a position where we know what our partners are, what technology our partners are working on rolling out over the next six months, over the next year, 18 months, so that we can help inform and drive what they're delivering to their, cli their clients, which is us as advisors, because that drives what we deliver to our clients, our end clients. And so really having a seat at the table and being able to know what those technology vendors that you're partnering with are working on will really help speed up the process and, and make sure that you're making the most of your, your technology initiative. I know we've spent a lot of money on, on integrations and just getting integrations right, and I think that's it can be a, an eye-opener. I think if you went back and, and looked at uh, Aaron Shaben and, and Ron Carson when they sat down and started talking about building out this Carson Group Partners platform, um, I, I ask them a lot, or I've asked them a few times now, did you ever think we'd spend as much on technology in the last five years as we have? And I think they said in initial budgets, it was like maybe a 10th of what we've spent over the last five years. And, but that just goes to show you that it's not as simple as you think it is out of the box. And what the technology vendors will tell you is that, it, that they're trying to get the sale and they make the sale and they move on and then it becomes a customer service rep's job to, to service you. And the sale's done, they've moved on, and, and chances are you're going to be on the platform for a year, and then you're not going to renew because you had a terrible experience. So when you're building out a, a platform, I think it was Pat, really think about where are your biggest problem pain points in your office today, how you can utilize technology to streamline those, those pain points, and really how can you get the systems to integrate together, and do you have the team to be able to do that, or do you need to hire consultants? 
or do you need to look for a strategic partner who's going to help you do that and and you don't have to worry about it anymore yeah in the last five years we invested 52 million on these integrations and so we took the best of what's already out there and and made it our own here and then we have a budget of 17.8 million for this next year so we'll be rolling out two new stages in 2018 at least two if not if not a third but we're working on that and that's the nice thing about our iterative development process is it allows us to be nimble and, and move quickly and mentioning the fact that we're nimble is that if our partners today aren't the best of the, their section right now then we can remove them and replace it with who is the best Abs at any point yeah and not to get too in the weeds with this one but this the idea here is a data warehouse and the data warehouse is what what drives all of our technology platforms and so if, if you can draw a little bit little bit of a picture in your mind and you kind of circle this idea of data warehouse in the middle and then underneath it you've got these all of these different technology systems that plug into the data warehouse so it's your CRM in Salesforce it's your billing and reporting in Orion document storage and ignite financial planning and e-money custodian data TD and fidelity and, and broker dealer at Cetera and all these different platforms well I don't like I said before I don't know what six months looks like I don't know what six years looks like they're great partners today, but let's not get ahead of ourselves and think they're gonna be the next best partners for the next 20 years. Also, we don't know what new technology might be out in the next six months. So let's be able to plug in, put that into the data warehouse, and then through our own API endpoints that sit on top of that data, be able to build a client dashboard, an advisor dashboard, an operations dashboard to present the most pertinent information to each one of those people without having to dive into each one of those systems. Clients shouldn't care if they're at the custodian or they're in Orion. They should be going to your client dashboard on your website to see the information that they care most about. So you talked about this great technology. If an advisor wants to demo the product, how could they go about doing so? Yeah, I'm, I'm always available to, to jump on a technology demo. I do that a lot with our, our business development team. All of them are also very well versed in, in showing them the technology platform, showing the technology platform that we've built. Um, so I think you can carsongroup.com and, and connect with, with our team here to, to see that um, see one of those technology vendors. I know we're also doing road shows across the country. I think we've got, what, 11 of them left um, from now. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're showcasing the technology pretty heavily there, and we'd love to show it to you. Awesome. So advisors listening to this podcast, you have a takeaway. I can promise you that technology is not going away. In fact, it's only going to be a bigger part of the strategy that you'll need to incorporate into your business. Um, so takeaway is go check out the technology, see what's working and get, getting positive reviews from clients and the advisors using these tools um, just to get some framework around what you want to be doing in your practice. The other favor we're going to ask you is as a listener, please subscribe, like, or comment on the podcast. That'll help this podcast be more discoverable for other advisors like you who need help with technology and other initiatives in their practice. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time on the Financial Advisors Playbook. Thank you for listening to the Financial Advisors Playbook. If you're interested in learning more about how we make the complex simple for financial advisors and the investors they serve, check us out at carsongroup.com. To hear additional episodes or suggest a topic of discussion, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.